Welcome to the Startups and Downs podcast, where we discuss the highs and lows of running a business with a creative mind. If you've ever felt the suffocating horrors of a creative block, you'll know they are just no good. When the ideas don't flow, it can feel like there is no way out, and all of a sudden you start to question if you actually know anything at all. But never fear, dear listener of ours, today we're here to tell you five ways to stuff your creative blocks in a sack and creatively rock instead. Today I'm joined by, as always, Monique Hope and Grace oh, Kane. Yeah, How are we going today? today? Grace. Um, really? <laughs> Uneventful couple of weeks. I don't know what. <laughs> going on. Not a lot. Really just work. It's one of those times you can hear uh, Marigold Monique's dog having a little plug. No. <laughs> sorry, I was just going to say I'm sorry that she's having a little a rural rural outside. <laughs> 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 nothing nothing very oh, exciting man. what's going on this weekend I have done nothing Friday and Saturday I worked some really big days worked yesterday and I've been so tired I went out a lot during the week this week like I went out like Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and then by Friday I was like I just want to stay in like I just <laughs> go out and then again I'm going out tonight <laughs> and then going to a gig on Monday night as well. So I'm really just like like skipping the weekend <laughs> and going out all the time. Today I'm going to my friend's <laughs> band gig, friend's band's gig, which is exciting. And my friend Alex, she is in Greece at the moment. So I'm going to go walk her dog my other friend Cece which is nice because as you guys know I don't have a dog but I love them what about you Monique what's going on this weekend yeah not much I will <laughs> walk my dog after this <laughs> to rub it in <laughs> yeah Yay. not much really I handed in an assignment for my uni course yesterday so I'm just giving myself a bit of a chill break doing a bit of cleaning and I've got some family coming over to check out my new place which is awesome what about you Dan Sickle this weekend has been fun. Yesterday I bought my wedding dress because ah! I organised. So that was really exciting and that just kind of like carried on throughout <laughs> the day. I was just really excited and then I got really tired and went to bed because all of the excitement was a bit too much. But today we're having some friends over for dinner and I really, I'm just like, I'm such really? a soup lover. Like if I could just eat one food for the rest oh of my, my life, it would be soup. So I'm Yes. Oh my yes. I'm right there. If I see soup on a menu, I have to get it. <laughs> and so I've been eating soup for like the whole week. I think it's quite good for like nutritional value, but also super easy to make. But with soup, <laughs> <can't> <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't not make soup tonight for our friends coming over because I really love soup, but it's kind of like not really a main course when you're entertaining. So we're having a soup entree and then I'm making poke bowl mains, but it doesn't make sense. But hopefully they're just like, ha, 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 okay, this is normal. I mean, <laughs> your friends, that's fine. You got some bread in there. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. One of them is pregnant with twins though, and I feel like she needs more than just soup. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's two babies. She like a Thai pumpkin it's actually quite a special family recipe of ours it's Thai pumpkin soup and it's just a real hit it just is great I it's wish I was coming to your dinner party that sounds oh, splendid yeah 
maybe we should start a startup of our own which just delivers soup around Australia. And it's called Super. <laughs> it is called Super. <laughs> We've like six R's. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually, segue, yes. we have been so creative right now with our ideas. And I think some of that is because we are incorporating the tips that we are going to give you guys without even realizing we're doing it. So we do have five. So we'll start with number one. And Dan, do you want to give us a little bit of background on number one? What is our first tip for overcoming creative blocks? Yeah, so our first tip is one which I've definitely heard in different phrasings, but I really like this one, which is fill up your library. So basically, we can so often feel that chaining ourselves to the desk or to the office or to work is kind of the most productive thing that we can be doing for our creativity because we're there and we're doing it and we're in there. But if you don't fill up your library, then you have nothing to draw on. So it's kind of like Mm. for every creative idea that you have, or thing that you do, you need to then replace it with something else that's going to fuel your creativity. Because if we're just taking out creative things all of the time and not replacing them, that's where I think creative blocks come from because you have nothing to draw from. So I think it's really important to, you know, make sure that you're taking the time to have those experience and catch catch up with people and have good conversations and listen to songs and go and see movies and taste things and just like experience things that you can then add to your like creative bank. Because otherwise, I know for me, if I just sit in front of my computer, work for like 10 days straight, my creativity levels get so low because there's nothing replenishing them. So I think that's important. That's such a good one, Dan. And I like how you've talked about what causes creative blocks there a bit because, yeah, I was thinking that. I'm like, I just feel like I turn up in a creative block. I don't really think about how I've ended up there. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think we, it's not that we use up all the good ideas, but it's like we've got to nourish ourselves or mm-hmm. fill our library or fill our cup, as mm-hmm. others would say. Totally. What's your favorite way to like when you're in a creative blog, what's your favorite way to sort of fill your library? Oh, I love to listen to podcasts, go for walks. I think simply going for a walk um, is for me really inspiring, but also like going to gigs, catching up with friends, like trying a new restaurant. There's so many different ways. It's just allowing yourself that space to be like, no, no, this is good (laughs) for you. (laughs) What about you? What's your favorite way? I probably, yeah, do a bit of the same without even really thinking about it. If I'm really frustrated, I will take myself for a walk or, um, yeah, go in. It is it is really tricky, tricky though, as you say, to like sort of stop what you're doing when you're, especially if you're on a deadline and you're like, fuck, I really need to come up with something creative. I'm on a deadline. I haven't got time to go for a walk. I haven't got time to go and listen to a podcast or a song or a movie. But, yeah, really just forcing myself to do that in a way, it ends up probably being something more like really quick and easy, like, yeah, a Mm. walk or a podcast or just chatting to someone. actually love what you've put there about seeing friends because I think that I always do the phone a friend when I um, 
when I can't think of something and you guys are the, just the best phone of friends. Like we always will put something in our little group chat, like, Oh, this is what I'm doing. And I can't think of anything. And then just like having a conversation about it really helps. Totally. And I think as well, like talking to other people about what you're doing, even if they don't understand the brief or they're not even in your industry, um, it can be really beneficial because they come at it with a completely different angle and it might not be spot on the first time, but you can like pull things from that and use that as inspiration too. So I do really like discussing things, which I'm sure my friends don't like that I discuss. (laughs) No, I bloody love it. (laughs) But yeah. That um, action learning, have you guys ever done that? I no. Part of uni. It's like basically it's a conversation with a group of people and you're discussing an issue or a problem that you have and they only ask you like open-ended probing questions and you kind of figure it out in yourself. And I think that a lot of the time when we go to our friends or like peers or whoever talk about an issue, they, yeah, might not actually give a whole lot back, but just the conversation, like if they're like, oh, mm. so is it about this? Or even if they're just like working out themselves and then you're kind of reflecting and analyzing what you're doing and thinking and talking about it in a different way than you were like I don't know, writing it down or whatever you were trying to do, it yeah. will just get those creative juices flowing. That's so yeah. true, Grace, because, yeah, sometimes we don't, like we're so close to something that we don't ask the right questions or the questions we're asking aren't leading us down any new ways. And, yeah, even just us having these discussions like we do on this podcast, something that seemed really clear to me like, oh, yeah, just do that. And then if somebody's like, but what do you mean by that? Or like what's the point of that? And it's like, oh, yeah, I've skipped a few steps there. And, yeah, it really does actually get you thinking creatively. Nice one. Yeah. I think one of the notes that I've got here is like what causes your creative block? And, Dan, I think you touched on it just a little bit then. I think that, yeah, people don't probably look at that enough. Like why are you having this creative block? Like is it because Mm. your library is not full? Like is it because, you know, deadlines like cause you to block up? Is it analysing and reflecting and looking at what causes your creative blocks, and then reacting to it. But, yeah, filling up your library is an awesome one. And I don't think it's something that I've ever done consciously, although I'm probably in the less creative field out of all of us. But, yeah, it's a it's an awesome one. It sounds like you did a hell of a lot of cup filling or library filling this week, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your cups are overflowing. you got a couple of cups going on. Yeah, you yeah. get yourself a jug. Get <laughs> <laughs> a bunch bowl. <laughs> yeah, you now need to channel that into something that needs that creativity. Like I feel like, yeah, when you're in that zone of I've got my cup full, share some of those juices, mate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> your, your job is definitely creative in the way that you have to come up with creative problem solving or like different ways to tackle things or personalising your approach to suit the sort of person that you're working with at the time. Yeah, definitely. And I think that even though it's not, yeah, it's creative and exactly the way that Dan said, but I think that these tips and the things that we talk about will also help creative or non-creative, you know, get back into your workflow as well. When I do those things, when I, and now I'm just kind of reflecting on it, realizing that I do do it subconsciously. If I do spend a lot of time with friends or I've been to, you know, two gigs this week, if I do that stuff, I am more productive at work and I do feel more like brain refreshed from those breaks and doing those Mm -hmm. fun things yeah 
Oh, that's so good. That makes me feel like I can do something I want to do this afternoon and like not feel guilty about it. Good. We just submitted it Yes. Do it. It's a Sunday. Yeah, but I, it's like I've already started thinking. Oh, maybe I should start the next assignment. Which, but I was like, but actually, I would really love to sew something or use my new watercolors that I haven't you even touched that I got given as a Christmas present. But then I'm like, no, you've got to do all these things first, and the list just gets longer. But now that I understand, it's actually going to help me be more productive. I don't feel so guilty anymore. So. <laughs> anyone out there was looking for permission to do something that they love today this is your permission you are <laughs> thanks <welcome>. monique <laughs> and i think that that leads on to point number two which grace can you tell me a little bit yeah, more so about point number two that? is yeah exactly dan don't be a dead horse <laughs> i love what we've called this one it's really yeah just can be tough but if it's not flowing. Like if it's not working, if you're sitting at your computer, if you're sitting at whatever you're doing and staring at it and it's just not happening, take a break. Like go for a walk, like change it up, do something different. Don't just keep trying when nothing's happening because it's not productive. You could sit there for however long, Mm. do that for such a long time and it's just not going to work. Um, I love this quote by Mm. Alexander Graham Bell, which is you can't force ideas. Successful ideas are the result of slow growth. And you just, you just can't force it. Like if it's not happening, it's it's not happening. So yeah, going out for lunch, going for a walk, like anything different. Um, If you are really on that time crunch, you know, switching to other work or something that might not be extremely creative it could just be like doing emails you know that's easy on the brain and then going back to it when it's feeling a bit refreshed and this wasn't one of our points and I'm sorry to like take things um off scale guys or whatever you want to call it to derail the trade but what you're talking about there with the timing um and not beating a dead horse I think if you know certain times a day you can't think properly don't choose those times to come up with new ideas. As Grace was saying, do a more, you know, autonomous activity that, you know, your brain doesn't need much to do. For me, that's filing. If at the end of the day I'm like, fuck, I've really got all this stuff to do, but I cannot come up with any new ideas. I can't creatively think enough to put together a sentence that won't sound bad. I'm going to (laughs) do some filing, which I don't enjoy doing, but it's mundane enough to kind of let my brain go for a little walk and have a little break rather than just keeping on beating that dead horse yeah so I think timing comes into it too and everybody knows their best working time so probably they're the best times to yeah I have a friend who's a comedy writer and I asked her before we did this episode I was like how do you overcome it and hers was yeah just to basically like change the subject she said that she will write some dot points down on like a post-it note or like physically write something down but all she'll just like go do something mundane like work on a different task like go for a walk like yeah, if it's not happening, you can't mm. force it. It's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. try again later. And that probably leads Absolutely. to our third point, which is move to a different place. And yeah, even having people close by can bring new advice and new experiences. I love that a few people were using Fitbits. 
because when it buzzes being like you need to take a walk or do a step like that kind of forced him into a break to keep it flowing and the other point that I love was the Mm. or the point that I read about was that Steve Jobs apparently always has walking meetings I I didn't know that because yeah I didn't know that. So he's talking oh, to whoever he's meeting with, that. but it's really just that different setting and it, and it makes that creativity flow. And it can, I love it. I want to go have a walkie meeting now when I read that. I was like, that's a great idea. It would be also lovely, yeah. you know, sunny day, walk around the block, like <laughs> coffee in here. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> so I think that's, a, that's an awesome one. But yeah, move to a different place, try a different scenery, talk to people. Mm. I even find just having people around me I somehow feel a bit more accountable like if someone were to look over my shoulder and see that I hadn't done much work that I would be like really embarrassed so I think that it's even like even though no one's looking at your screen it's just the fact of having people around you can definitely I think shift the way that you consider your thoughts it's like you're more I don't know accept more of your thoughts so that you're more likely to just keep going 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 that's so true, Danielle. I didn't even think of that. When I was in Sydney, yes. I was at sitting before I went up for a store opening and before our store opened, I was sitting at like a competitor's burger restaurant. Having <laughs> <laughs> but I was sitting there with my computer doing work and then it, it was also my lunch break. So then when I, you know, like lose focus and pick up my phone, I'd be like, oh, no, there's people around. Like, no, I'm working. Like, <laughs> who am I proving this to? I don't know. But that, that definitely works. I love that one. Yeah. I guess I work in an sure. office, so I feel like I'm always sort of, there's always people around. If I want to get something done that's maybe it's unwork related even, like it's just something like an extracurricular, I – I find going to my workplace sort of, even if that's my same place or my, you know, it's the place where I always work, my brain automatically works so much better. Like I sit at my desk and it says, okay, we're going to do stuff. Whereas I find sometimes if I, it depends what, what you want to achieve. I think if you're trying to come up with new ideas, going for a walk, being in a new place, chain, even changing something up on your desk, apparently there's, you know, studies that say even just having a different thing on your desk or even just changing the color of your desktop background or just small changes every little change you make can trigger creativity but if you are trying to be productive and not something out it can actually do the opposite it can distract you it can make you like start to think about yeah start to think creatively and some tasks you just don't need to think creatively but they're not really the ones we're talking about today but I just thought I'd put that in as a like kind of this solution works well for creative problems not so much for ones where you've already come up with a solution you're having a meeting maybe where you're just solidifying or setting action plans. You don't really want somebody who's out for mm-hmm. a walk, like coming up with all these new ideas, like, oh, but what about this and what about that? It's like, okay, now it's not the time. We've we've decided on this. Let's move forward. This is what's happening. Like, yeah, there's a time and a place, I guess. And I think for creatives, like, yeah, it's a great idea. But, yeah, it could even be something little. Get a plant <laughs> or for your desk. Get a plant. Yeah. That's a cute one, Monique. Yeah. So tip number four is to get into your flow zone. So there's definitely different terms for this, but it's basically that thing that you do where you lose track of time, you absolutely love what you're doing, the ideas come quicker, or you're just like 
in your zone having a blast. So it could be something like baking. You must, like, if you love baking, it could be creating a new playlist. I know for me I could do that for hours. I just love, like, finding all the little songs and different things like that. Or it could be drawing or it could be writing or it could be something completely different to what you do in your everyday, even if you don't have a creative job. But getting in that flow zone of that thing that you really love to do, it can really change the way that you think because it's like your brain has more space to think in different ways because you are so like into what you do. So it's a a legit like psychology thing. It's a legit psychology thing, yeah. <laughs> what is your flow zone, Anne? My flow zone, definitely music related. I <laughs> So when we, we don't get to rehearsal studios very often, just because it's difficult, but I do love to practice drums in my head. And <laughs> so if I'm going for a walk, I'll practice drums in my head. And honestly, like if that's how I used to practice for gigs, because I could never really put together a drum kit like confidently. So I'd practice drums in my head and I it really would make me better. There are studies about like if you are thinking about doing the task compared to actually doing it your success levels are almost the same. They had wow. did this study with basketball players. One team like they're all matched on like skill or whatever and one team every day they practice shooting hoops. And then the other team, every day they imagine themselves shooting the hoops in the zone, like pictures and things like that, but never actually doing it. And then their skill levels were tested and they're exactly the same. Wow. Yes. That's pretty profound. What about you guys? Oh, my God. I don't know. I feel like it's always different, but I'm just trying to think about this one. I don't know. I think this podcast is very, very quick. Like when we did last week, I think I wrote like five pages <laughs> for that particular topic um, and it went so quick and I can't remember how much time I spent on it. Or I feel like here every time it feels very quick but then it's usually a few hours <laughs> later <laughs> we're still talking. But I just love the idea that um, – to be more analytical about the way that, you know, our behaviours and, and thinking about things of what works. Like if you, and I'm definitely going to do it now because I haven't, but if I do feel like I'm in that flow zone, then actually like stopping and thinking about it and being like, what was I doing at that point? Like why, you know, like analytically in my brain, yeah. what was going on then? Like what's happening? And then I'll have to share it back with you guys because I'm not entirely sure right now. Yeah, I think everybody's really analytical at work but probably not as much with our behaviours and our brains. Like, But it could be so beneficial because you can work so much better if you can figure out you know, what works for you and how to get in your flow zone and what your flow zone is. A hundred percent, yes. And I've just done a quick old little Goog search and I have found that it is called the flow zone. Yes. So in positive psychology, a flow state also known colloquially as being in the zone, is the mental state of operation in which a person performing an activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energised focus, full mm. involvement and enjoyment in the process of the activity. That's awesome. It's so it's basically something that completely absorbs you. I think you're a sponge. I don't know. I think for me I was just thinking while you were saying that, and I think for me it, it is – uh, painting or drawing like I literally could sit and do it for hours ever since I was a child like I could 
like it would be hard to stop doing it. Like I'd just sit there in my bed, like I'd have paints, my sheets would always get messy. Mum, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Like I would, <laughs> like, the colour and the flow and like especially painting, like it is quite a rhythmic thing to do, like with the brush and the paper and, yeah, it's I don't do it hardly ever. Like I literally cannot remember the last time I painted something. I'm, I'm tearing up a bit because I just remembered how much I love doing it. Yes, well, you should do it, and you should do it today. Yeah, fill your library with it. What about you, Grace? Have you had any revelations? (laughs) No, I feel a bit like, oh my god, I know that it's happening, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna have to report back, but I mean, I think there's definitely a lot of aspects of work that I really love that go like that and I mean playing music could also be totally. one that's probably one of the yes because you're learning the bass again yeah I'm learning the bass yeah so I play a bit of guitar for important but I do yeah I just wanted to try bass look I'm loving it. it it does go very quick I will spend quite a lot of time on it so maybe I'm in that flow zone then I uh, yeah I think it's fantastic the only thing is when you're playing guitar by yourself this is very off topic but when you're playing guitar it sounds a lot better like you have so many songs you can sing along <laughs> by yourself I'm bong, bong, bong. <laughs> I totally understand. And no, no, I, don't I, don't I always told you that when we were in a band together, I would try and explain that to you or to other people. Like you can't just, especially if you, you can't play unplugged, <laughs> otherwise you literally can't even hardly hear it. And then, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not as, there's just not you can't get into a rhythm of it unless it's you're really good at it like there's probably bass players out there thinking oh I can I can make a whole song with just bass but if you're a pretty like rhythm bassist or backing sort of like you know like a punk bassist like the music we played it's just pretty much this <laughs> like yeah maybe a lot better with guitar like every little inflection on a guitar can sound cool like even just one note <laughs> Totally. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's definitely been a little bit in the flow zone. But I don't know. I haven't done it in a week or so, so I feel a bit foggy about it. But yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna message you guys soon. Yeah, I'm out of that flow zone. I'm gonna be like, that was it, guys. (laughs) Hopefully, (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to that. (laughs) And I guess that moves us on to the final point today. Point number five, Monique. I believe you have some things to say. Yeah, so this is probably the complete opposite of what we're just talking about. So before we were sort of tricked about getting in your flows, I do something that time passes really quick and it's really naturally fantastic. Now I'm going to tell you to do the absolute opposite. <laughs> and, um, so this point is an interesting one and it's one that was um on the harvard business review just released in 2019 about how to be creative on demand and one of their tips is to do things that don't interest you and also another one of their tips was inviting in uncomfortable conversations i feel like they're sort of the same thing so it's sort of saying put yourself in a situation that you wouldn't usually gravitate towards because that is really going to get your brain working in a different way and thinking more creatively. So it kind of says, it goes, it talks about 
Stephen Covey or Covey and his training as well. And if you haven't read that book, it's the book is called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it's, ah, yes. although it's about being effective, they do talk about creativity in there as well, which is super interesting. But anyway, I guess sometimes we need, we, we call things boring or they simply like are not within the box which we currently live in. But if we step outside that box and go into a place that maybe we doesn't interest us or then we can kind of come up with new ideas, I guess. I don't know. I guess this kind of came to me and touching on the uncomfortable conversations as well with the recent election. At my workplace, we always speak pretty boldly and openly about everything that happens and we are obviously working, keeping in touch with the media all the time and we were talking about who we were going to vote for and and one of the things that reminded me that I don't get outside my own box or outside my own circle of friends enough is because when somebody said, oh, they're like, oh, well, you know, all my friends are talking about they're going to vote Liberals. And I'm like, what? All my friends are talking they're going to vote probably Greens and then maybe Labor or something like that. Like it just was weird that we could both be so sure that this is the way the election was going to go and so certain that this is where people's views were aligned that we were just so closed off to thinking what else is out there. So I guess when we close our mind to things we don't interest us or people that, you know, we having uncomfortable conversations with, we're limiting our creativity. So I don't know. Mm. I, I think you could just do it in a simple way is by, yeah, talking to somebody who you don't like talking to and actually listen to them and think it, that it would force your brain psychologically to be flexible. Have you guys ever done that? Have you ever see, been in a conversation that's uncomfortable and came out of it feeling a bit more creative in your thinking or a bit more flexible or even done something that you thought was really boring and then out, come out of it thinking, I am a better person for this, i have been sort of rewarded by having the experience that I can think on and remember that's not something I would usually do or am I, I just <laughs> my own here? I'm trying to think of something. Get out of Get out of your box. If it happens, I think that it's subconscious because, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's definitely nothing that I don't walk out of like a boring thing, like a boring mundane task or an uncomfortable meeting and being like, woohoo, yeah, feeling great. I walk out like, hell, that was, you know, uncomfortable or I am bored. Like, but it 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 could definitely happen subconsciously and I'm just not knowing it. I guess I do have a lot of those uncomfortable conversations. I think that at, at work and in my role, doing a lot of like people management, but mm. I did have one a few days ago where I determined a staff member and I did it with the store manager because she was quite new. And afterwards she walked away and the store manager whoa, you handled that so well. And and I think that from that, we had a conversation about people management and I felt really good after that. So the conversation, the actual termination of the staff member was really uncomfortable. You know, I've done it a lot of times, but it's still uncomfortable. It's still not a pleasant part of my job. I don't enjoy it. Um, but then I did feel quite almost a little bit invigorated after to be having these cool people management 
conversations and this kind of training that I was giving this store manager about how she can, you know, performance manage and, and all this kind of stuff. I don't know. Was I being creative? I don't know. Maybe it was. <laughs> I think you're right. It is a bit of a hindsight thing. Yeah. Like it's the, like the example they give on HBR is like he was trying to come up with the solution in Kenya of like something to do with aid. I haven't read the whole article in depth, but essentially what he ended up doing in the end was informed by a article he researched and wrote 10 years earlier with something to do with religion. And it was a topic he wasn't interested in or, you know, was uh, different to his own values and beliefs, but it ended up really helping in this work he did in Kenya. So I guess he sort of talks here about, the long practice in grappling with other people's realities helped him to approach a situation with determination rather than disgust. So disgust is a strong word. Probably I've taken it out of context a bit there, but essentially it's a discipline of psychology to be flexible in thinking about other people's circumstances or what motivates them or, you know, it can really like if you're in a situation you can't come up with a creative solution, your the more people you've spoke to or the more groups or the more t- subjects you know about that maybe word of interest to you is always going to yeah fill your library in a different way it's filling your library with things that wouldn't normally be there and are a little bit harder to fill it with i guess so it's not um it's not a comfortable one but it stretches the mind and i think creativity is a muscle and i think we do need to keep working it <laughs> mic drop (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a great tip mon love it okay so i guess maybe we'll end the conversation with summarizing our five points first of all we had number one fill up your library number two don't beat a dead horse number three move to a different place number four get in your flow zone and number five do things you don't like, talk to people you don't like. And I guess as a challenge to you, our listeners, why don't you just pick one of those and try it this week? Think about having a conversation with somebody that you wouldn't usually talk to. Find that thing that really gets you in the flow zone. Try buying a plant to change up your space or moving somewhere different. Let go of something when it's not working. And fill up that library. I think that's a lovely one to start with. Beautiful. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Please do leave us a rating and review. It makes our lives great. It makes us feel special. And it makes us know who you are so we can write a jig for you. Please let us write a jig for you. We really want to write a jig. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Get onto our, our app. You have to leave the review on our Apple podcast thingy channel (laughs) yes and as always if you ever want to get in touch with us you can email us at hello at readcitywriting.com that's hello at r-e-a-d-c-i-g-y writing.com and we hope that you enjoyed this episode and we'll see us for our very next episode thanks so much for listening yay see you (laughs) 